Make sure you're subscribed to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Type The Word of the Lord Endures Forever in your podcast provider. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. Notice that Paul ends up being the usual preacher in these situations. He is eclipsing Barnabas. Not that that would have bothered that godly man at all. The son of encouragement would have rejoiced in the word that Paul was preaching so ably and would have been content to be his companion and fellow traveler. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the book of Acts. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Last time, we tracked along with Saul and Barnabas until they arrived on the far side of Cyprus at the Roman provincial capital called Paphos. There, the proconsul was eager to hear the word they brought, but a Jewish magician and false prophet named Bar-Jesus or Elymas kept trying to turn the man away from the faith which they were proclaiming. Paul, and henceforth that's what he's called, no longer Saul, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks a word of judgment on the man that temporarily blinds him. And Paul asks how long he's going to try to make crooked the straight paths of the Lord. Immediately with his sight impaired, he sought someone to lead him around by the hand. And the proconsul was brought to the faith with astonished joy at the teaching of the Lord at its power. A reading from Acts, the 13th chapter, beginning at verse 13. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch and Pisidia, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. So Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king. And God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, 
of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Acts 13, verses 13 to 23. Let us pray. Lord God, bless your word wherever it is proclaimed. Make it a word of power and peace to convert those not yet your own and to confirm those who have come to saving faith. May your word pass from the ear to the heart, from the heart to the lip, and from the lip to the life that is you have promised. Your word may achieve the purpose for which you sent it. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Ready to work through today's passage? Let's dig into it, verse 13. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Perga in Pamphylia is a port town on the southern coast of what we call Turkey today, about 175 miles across the sea north and west from Paphos. All St. Luke records is that John Mark left them at this juncture to return home to Jerusalem. We can tell from Paul's reaction later that this was not with his approval or blessing. See Acts 15 verse 38. But he did eventually reconcile with Mark. You can see that in 2 Timothy 4 verse 11. Verse 14. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia. This Antioch is not to be confused with Syrian Antioch. It was quite an inland journey that Paul and Barnabas embarked on. It seems a bit of a confusing move high up into the mountains. But archaeologists have unearthed some ruins that just may explain why Paul headed this way. He had converted Sergius Paulus, the proconsul in Cyprus, and apparently from the inscriptions found around Pisidian Antioch, the man actually hailed from that area. Could Paul and Barnabas have been sent with bona fides from him to his relatives and friends? It's an intriguing possibility, but it's only that. Or, it may be that he had heard from Sergius Paulus that his home city had a fairly sizable Jewish population, and that was what led Paul in that direction. But whatever led the two men up into those hills, they arrived at this other Antioch and promptly sought out the synagogue. Verse 14, And on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. Verse 15, After the reading from the Law and the Prophets, The rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. They were strangers, and yet they were at home. Here was the place where people gathered together and read from Moses and the prophets and then encouraged one another on the basis of what they had heard read. So, though they are strangers, they are immediately invited by the rulers of the synagogue to speak. And Paul doesn't hesitate to take up that invitation. Verse 16. So Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. Notice that Paul ends up being the usual preacher in these situations. He is eclipsing Barnabas. 
Not that that would have bothered that godly man at all. The son of encouragement would have rejoiced in the word that Paul was preaching so ably and would have been content to be his companion and fellow traveler. We'll hear the same situation obtained in the next chapter, where Paul is recognized as the chief speaker. See Acts 14, verse 12. Paul stands up to preach, unlike Jesus, who usually sat down to do so, and motioned with his hand, probably encompassing everyone in the gathering, both men of Israel, that is, you Jews, but also you who fear God, the God-fearers, the Gentile attenders of the synagogue, who had not yet taken the step of becoming Jews, like by receiving circumcision. Now, if you remember when we covered Stephen's sermon in Acts 7, it's a bit of deja vu. Verse 17, the God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt, and with uplifted arm he led them out of it. Paul begins by recounting the history of God's dealing with ancient Israel, how he chose our fathers, think Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his sons, that is, Genesis, and made the people great, that is, numerous, during their stay in the land of Egypt, from which he miraculously rescued them with uplifted arm, leading them out of it. His pillar of cloud and fire were like a hand waving this way, folks, and pointing the way through the sea. That is, Exodus. Verse 18. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. Ouch. There's a lot in that put up with them. Sometimes the time in the wilderness was described by the prophets almost like a honeymoon. But if it was a honeymoon, it was also a time of repeated disastrous unfaithfulness on the people's part. Put up with them encompasses the golden calf, the incessant grumbling about food and now about drink, the rebellions against Moses and Aaron, the idolatry with Baal Peor, and even the constant fear that kept them looking back longingly on how good they had had it in Egypt. And that's a selective memory if ever there were one. All of that is more of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Verse 19, and after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. That is, of course, the story related in the book of Joshua, the seven nations being the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and the Perizzites. Check out Deuteronomy 7, verse 1. Verse 20. All this took about 450 years, and after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Now note the about. Paul's rounding his figures. Exodus 12, verse 40 says Israel was in Egypt for 430 years. We probably should hear this about 450 years as something less than 500 years. Then, of course, after Joshua, we have Judges, Ruth, and finally, we arrive at 1 Samuel, verse 21. Then they asked God for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. So he's reached the point where Israel becomes a kingdom, and how the first king, Saul, reigned for 40 years. That all ends with 1 Samuel. Now he's gotten to his jumping-off place, so he plunges on into 2 Samuel, verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified, saying, I have found in David the son of Jesse a man after my heart who will do all my will. David the man after God's own heart, 
is raised up, interesting verb, no, to be their king, the shepherd king, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Earlier in his homily, Stephen had jumped from Moses to Jesus, but Paul makes his move here from David to Jesus. Everything he'd said thus far would have had all the folks in the synagogue smiling and nodding along in agreement. It was the old family history. They loved reciting it or hearing it recited by someone else. But now, Paul adds the part that will be new, astonishing, and puzzling to them. Verse 23, Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Maybe they just sang it from the Psalms without realizing what it meant. Think about Psalm 89, for example. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Or later in the same Psalm, my steadfast love I will keep for him forever and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever and his throne as the days of the heavens. That's the one, Paul was saying. He's the one I'm preaching to you now. He's the offspring of David, and he sits right now on David's throne as the days of heaven. Let me tell you all about him. That's what we're going to break for today. Next up, Paul will move specifically to the information we find in the Gospels, beginning with John's preaching and how the rulers ended up destroying Jesus and thus fulfilling the very scriptures they read all the time without ever realizing that they were doing that. He'll tell them all about how God raised his son from the dead and had him appear to those who traveled with him and how they are now Jesus' witnesses. And so he brings them the good news. What God promised to the fathers, this very thing, he has fulfilled to us their children by raising Jesus from the dead. And how every bit of this is foretold in the sacred scriptures, especially in the Psalms of David. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.